The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, it's time for your May bonus happy hour podcast. You donated for it. You get it. You get 30-minute extra podcast. Sometimes it's me and Andrew or a guest or whatever. This week, it's me and – this month, it's me and Andrew. And we decided we're going to talk about the defense, but we're not just going to preview the defense in the in the same old way of like, hey, we think the defensive line is going to be like this. We think linebackers is going to be this. We think P.J. Williams is going to be awesome. He's the next Deion Sanders. He's just taken a couple years to figure it out. No, what we're going to do is – you know, Andrew, during the year... He's taking a couple years to play a game. Yeah, so yeah. So, but you know, the way the season goes, you know, going into last year, right, the defense, we were like, it's kind of sketchy on the defensive line. But at corner in the secondary, man, they're loaded. They're, they're deep, man. They got five... St- and then June hit, and you're like, oh, crap. No, what, you know, what just happened? Yeah, you're like, what just happened there? They're playing BWL. How did, how did this happen? So what we're going to do for the defense for a preview is... We're going to alternate each, asking each other questions, and we're going to give scenario of, like, this could go really well or this could go poorly. And then at the end, we're going to figure out how our answers went, what we think the defense is going to be. So I'll start it out, Andrew. Mm-hmm. We'll start out with the defensive line. I think it's the strongest part of their defense. It's deep. It's and all that. But how do you think it's give, – okay, I guess give me, the, give me a good scenario for the defensive line. Well, I really like the interior. I, I feel like even if a guy, maybe two, got injured, uh, I, I think Tyler Davison in year two was a really pleasant surprise. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a quality run stuffer. Um, I actually thought he was phenomenal in preseason and camp and then dropped off a little bit in the season because he got hurt. Uh, and yeah. He played hurt all year, but I, I think if he's 100. Oh, by the way, when they didn't have him, the run defense kind of stunk. Yeah, I mean, I I really thought his leap from year one to year two was eye opening. I mean, in camp especially, he was dominant. You know, and, and it's not like the guards were bad. You know, and, yeah. and he he embarrassed them. Um, so you know, obviously, Fairley had a phenomenal season. Thrilled he's back. Yeah. I'm really expecting big things from Sheldon Rankins in year two, and I, I think he's going to make a big jump. And then I, I still like Onyemata. You know, I don't know what they have in him, but as a fourth defensive tackle, he's kind of a prospect guy that you're developing that you like his potential. You've seen some nice things on tape. So um, I, I think they're four deep at the position, and I can't really – like the, they're so deep at that position that John Jenkins got cut and it's the same guys that are still there. And I don't think John Jenkins sucks. I think he he maybe underperformed, and you can say that he never maybe lived up to what he could have been with the Saints, but this is the same group that got him cut, and I thought he was a serviceable NFL player. Is he, um, with, anybody? Is he with anybody? I can't think. Uh, he got picked up, I think. Did he get picked up by the Packers? Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, I mean, he, he was on – or maybe the Jets. I don't know. He – he was on an NFL team last year, and um, yeah. Anyway, my point remains: I, 
defensive tackle, I think, is great. Um, Cam Jordan, obviously great. So really, it's it's really that that last spot, you know, and it's is Kikaha, Okafor, um, Hendrickson, who's now in the mix, and, and I guess Obum Guachim maybe or Muhammad, who they drafted. I mean, there there's some no names yeah. there, but like they've got about five or six guys, and I'm not confident really in any of them. And the big question is, will someone emerge? Give me a give me the scenario. Of how the defensive line is going to do in 2017. Give me the good scenario of it. Well, that's I don't re- think I don't think I don't think the combination of Kikaha, who will hopefully be healthy, Okafor, and let's say Hendrickson, I, I don't think that can be worse than Kruger and um, Etabali. I just I, I don't think it'll be worse. A chair, I think it'll be, a, cha- a sturdy chair wouldn't be worse. Yeah, I think it, it's lateral at best, uh, or at worst, and, and and at best, I think you know we can get upwards of forty sacks. Um, I, I I think this pass rush. So best case scenario for me is I don't think this pass rush like has one dude that dominates that just wrecks people like Khalil Mack, um, but. I think this has a potential if Okafor and Hendrickson and Kikaha, let's say those three, like kind of combine to be decent on the other side of Jordan. Mm-hmm. I, I think this defensive line has the, the potential to be really balanced as a pass rush. And when you have a balanced pass rush, it's really hard for offensive lines to kind of double team and scheme for one guy because they're getting consistent pressure from every angle. Um, so, you know, and then you throw in the mix like Ellerby, maybe getting four or five sacks and. Maybe Von Bell is a good blitzer or something like that. But I think the best-case scenario is this defensive line gets 40-plus sacks and, and ends up being the strongest part of the defense. Four, I mean, I was thinking 30. 40 is a lot of sacks for a it, defensive It is line. a lot. But, That's but look, a lot of yeah, sacks. May, may, maybe it's too much, but my point here is I think that the front of any part of the defense, like if you ask me the linebackers or secondary – I would say the front four has the potential to be the the unit or, or the the position group that carries the defense. And if they end up being top twenty this year, and we see market and improvement, it'll be because of the front four. Okay, so we've decided that the, the front the the defensive line is going to be good. So now we'll talk about linebackers, yeah. and I'm going to tell you. Since we we started this started this show, we said, look, everything's not going to work out. I'm going to say, look, the linebackers, they're not going to be exceed expectations, and they're not going to be horrible, but they're going to be closer to horrible than decent. So you got Klein and Robertson, and and here's the thing that me and you were talking about. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Is you know when you when you listen to the Saints and and Sean Payton and he, and he talks about offense, he's like, we went and, and I looked at uh, Kamara and I said to him, look, I came out this way, I got to see you run like seven, eight, ten more routes to see if you can fit with my, mm-hmm. what I want you to do. On defense, Andrew, at linebacker, they're and like, he well, always talks about the vision, right? Yeah, like I have a vision yeah. for the the player, and he's going to work this way. And, and you know what? Look, you can't argue with them. They've been top five offense since he's been here, and may, basically the only guy that they've really picked and, and spent a bunch of money on that's to- been a total flop is uh, Spiller. Spiller, and he, you yeah. know, you can argue that he was just he got hurt and he was done and he was cooked. But 
the thing is, on defense, it's the total opposite. They're like, well, we don't know what we're going to have in the linebackers. We're just going to let them. We're just going to throw them all out there, and we're going to hope it works out. And it, yeah, that's a direct quote, pretty much. Yeah, and the thing is, it never works out. And the thing is, I think these linebackers are going to be a mishmash of average to bad. And so that that point, like, I mean, I, I think it bears. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Harping on that point, and to me, you listen to these interviews with Sean Payton, and he says it all the time. What's the vision for the player? How does he fit on our team? How can he help us? And... When then you hear both him and Mike Nolan and, and Dennis Allen say, we don't know who our starters are at, at linebacker. We're going to get into camp and we're going to see what we have and we don't know who's playing what position. We're just going to figure it out. And that is completely contrarian to the concept of we're going to – we got this player. We expect him to be – to do this for us. We expect him to play this position and that's the vision. They they're not saying that about their linebackers. Um, so to me, that that's contradictory to the philosophy, and it makes me nervous. It's like a guy crossing his fingers and doing a tequila shot. It's like it's gonna yeah. work out. It's gonna work out. Um, now, now I will say this: I feel like last year Nate Stupar was like the fourth linebacker on the team, and this year he, he's not going to play. I mean, he, he's going to be a special teams guy, which they signed I him think, to do. Yeah, and I, I think they can have a couple injuries, and they're not going to have much much of a drop-off. I mean, is it really that big of a deal if they're playing Manti Teo or Stephon Anthony um, or A.J. Klein? I mean, I, I just to me, there's not a huge difference. And we'll see in camp. I may be wrong about that, but I, I don't know that there's a an enormous difference between all these guys. So I think at least from an injury perspective, they're set up. Uh, but, man... Best case scenario for linebackers to me is that the sum is better than the parts. Um, well, I think because... be- I, th- I think best case is like Nolan sprinkles the magic dust on Stephon Anthony, and he becomes yeah that he and, has and, the Aaron Glenn factor, yeah, yeah, and he he sprinkles the magic dust on him, and you're like, oh my god, Anthony, he's like a first round pick, it's phenomenal. Um, so, but and and. and and worst case is like I mean that that feels like a long shot. No, I think I think worst case is Ellerby gets hurt, Robertson get hurt, 
gets hurt. Klein is kind of a bust. Meh. 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 Yeah. You know, and then you're like, oh my God, Robertson, who was kind of like <laughs> the jack of all And then you're trade. like, oh my God, Manti Teo, please be NFL quality. You know, that's the – so that's the thing with, with linebacker, I think, is – and the thing is that they're, they're probably – before we get to the before we get to the the safety and the defensive back, they're probably right. They're they're probably going to play three safety, so they're not they're not they're not going to play three and four linebackers all the time, right? They're, it's going to be two most likely. Is that is yeah. that fair? Yeah, and, and listen, I, I I don't I don't mean to call it Barry Hirsch just a Barry love you man, but but uh, the article and, and this isn't this isn't just Barry's sentiment. I, I think this is a sentiment of a lot of Saints fans. The sentiment of Ellerby in the fight of his life for a roster spot. Nope. Like, can can we just agree here right now that Ellerby is by far the best the linebacker, best linebacker on this roster? Not it's close. Not even close. And the only battle that he has is with his health. Yeah. I will say this. I think. Well, I you know. I cha- I changed my mind. I was going to tell you that I think they're going to be less patient with Ellerby. This year, because they have more, they have like eight guys that are all mediocre. But I take it back. I don't think I think they're just they're going to be as patient with Ellerby as they were last year. You know why? Because Dennis Allen thinks to himself, "I need Ellerby." Because when Ellerby's good, their defense is pretty good. Like when Ellerby, yeah. that, like that four week stretch where he was really healthy and really, he was like a terror man he had like four sacks in like three games in the, and, and the year before yeah remember how a, much better the defense was when Ellerby was on the he's, field he's and, and you know I hate I hate that well when he plays there when they plays they do this and when they doesn't but I think with Ellerby like that's a strong you can make it a strong case and Ellerby like Dennis Allen Sort of like we talked about before, he has a vision for Ellerby. He's like, if I have Ellerby, I can move him here. I can do this. He can blitz, and he can do that. The thing is, they're going to be as patient with Ellerby with Ellerby. And I think Ellerby's like a good guy. Like I don't think he has that sort of injury thing where, with like Keenan Lewis, where they feel like he's not playing. He doesn't want to play unless he's 100. percent Or like a guy way back in the day, like Dante Stallworth, where he would drive Haslett crazy because. Dante Stallworth is like, if I'm not 100%, I'm not playing. You know, I think Ellerby, he wants to play. Um, and that's that's sort of, to me, the best case scenario for the linebackers, if you really want to talk about it, is you get the dream season out of Ellerby. You get the, the, yeah. the, get the Darren Sharp or 2009 uh, uh, 16-games He's a terror, and he gives you, like, seven and a half sacks and a pick and a bunch of fumble. And it's like, you're never getting this again, and don't you dare count on it for 2018. But, goddamn, it was fun in 2017 when he had seven and a half sacks and two picks and, and three fumble recoveries, and the Saints were awesome, and they made the playoffs, and they went 12-4. and four. But it's not – like, it's, 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 it's Haley's common. Like, it's never fucking happening again. Well, well more likely um... – Danelle Ellerby plays 16 games, or uh, it gets reported that Tom Brady had an affair with Hillary Clinton. Oh my God! I would say I would say Tom Brady had an affair with Hillary Clinton. I would say it's I would say it's more likely that I wake up one day and my left arm works perfectly. <laughs> and Ellerby plays more than twelve games. I'm not even saying sixteen. If if you told it's me, it's more to, likely that you beat me at tennis. Yes, and I haven't played. I haven't picked up a racket since college when I took the, the class. 
Um, but but I, I would say that if you gave me if you gave me if you said to me, Ellerby is going to play and st- play in and and do really well in eleven games, I would say I want to sign that paper right now. I would take eleven. Oh yeah. I would take eleven good Ellerby games, and I would just cross my fingers that the five he misses are kind of in the middle of the year, so he can be there when they when they need him for the start, and he can be there for the end when they make the playoff push. And I, but I would just I, cross- can't, I can't imagine there's one Saints fan that wouldn't sign up for eleven games of Ellerby. They'd be like, no, no, I want to risk. I need more. No, you 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 get you get eleven, twelve games out of Ellerby, and the defense can be good. So we've got oh, yeah. so we got I line. Mean, I, I think the over under is six. So, yeah, you know, the, is, yeah. the thing is, the, the over under is probably eight. Klein is interesting to me because he played pretty well. Uh, but Carolina, they have a really good front. So that may have helped him. But the Saints, like we said before, the Saints have a really good defensive line potentially. I'm really interested in Klein, you know, because if, if, if Klein can be like sort of a key, you know, because when the Saints signed Keenan Lewis in 2013, we were like, that's a really interesting signing. He's a local kid, but they didn't pay him a great deal of money. And it wasn't like, oh, my God, he's the guy that's going to fix the defense, which he, in retrospect, he kind of did. Like, he was the shutdown corner, and he was awesome in the playoff game. He, he ended up being better than we expected. Yeah. Can, yeah. can Klein be that? Like, bet, like, I don't know. Um, I haven't – there's just not enough tape. You know, yeah. like I, I, I've seen some of his games. I've watched a little bit, and there's times where I'm like, "Yeah, this guy could be pretty good," but we don't have Star Lotulele and Kawan Short on the interior, and we we don't have Coney yeah. Ely and, and Charles Johnson. Um, you know, when they were really good, and and we we don't have Thomas Davis and yeah. Luke Keekley on either side of them. So, um, we don't have anything close to that. So <laughs> it's just really hard. Like, you know, you, the you Saints get a guy really that, liked him, though. They paid him a pretty good amount. Yeah. Like. Well, no, I mean, you get a guy that comes in and he was basically the worst player on, on a front seven and looked pretty good. And now you come into a front seven that's much worse and you're like, hey, can you be the second or third best guy? Yeah. And, you know, that's where I don't know. I don't know if AJ Klein can carry the load. I mean, that, that's the big question for me is, is how good is he going to be? Um, we haven't even talked about Adam Big Hill from Canada. Like oh. that, that's probably one guy that I'm a little curious about in camp. Like I want to see how he does. And what's you know, what's his going to be his position? Is he where is he going to? I mean, I think probably special teams is where he get gets the line share. But I, I would guess from just from a size perspective, he's probably weak side linebacker. You know, and look, the Saints they 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 found Bro in Canada. You know, and look, Eric Harris. Until he blew out his knee, unfortunately, he was doing it on special teams. He was playing, and he was, yeah. and he was, he was like Marcus Ball was another guy. That yeah, Marcus Ball made teams. a roster. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so uh, he can definitely make the roster. The thing is with with linebacker is they're, they're all the same, um, but but if linebacker is. Worse, if linebacker is closer to horrible than okay to good, can they survive? Can they survive it? I will say this, and we haven't even talked about Anzalone. Uh, oh, Angleton, we haven't talked about Anzalone. Yeah, but I do think his specialty is supposed to be coverage. 
And I think if I, I, I will say this, I don't think when you look at the coverage ability of Teo, um, of Klein, who I, I think his coverage ability is suspect. Robertson, pretty good coverer. LRB, if he's healthy, can cover okay. Uh, Anzalone, that's supposed to be Anzalone. a specialty. I, I, I just think when you look at the disaster that was 2015, it was Anthony, Michael Motti, and <laughs> oh whoever my. else they had oh out my. there. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it just was, was David Hawthorne. I mean, it just wasn't working. And so I think from a coverage standpoint – they won't get gashed by tight ends and running backs. I mean, they, they might still get beat, but I don't think it will be embarrassing like it was in that Redskins game oh my God, uh, two years Redskins. ago. Oh, my God, the Redskins game. That, yeah, that, we're, that we're, got, where that it was, it was literally, literally a farce. It literally got Rob Ryan fired. Yeah. What it, yeah. What it did. I mean, um, it was a joke. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I don't think there will be moments like that. Um, and from that standpoint, it's like – Okay, at least they won't be a train wreck. You know, and the thing is with the Saints is their defense, you know, it's been a train wreck and all that. But I will give them I will give them full credit for this is they did a good job last year stopping the run. And it yeah, was and yeah. it was a good job from the day one because they played remember they played the Giants that second week and the Saints, you know, the previous whatever years had been awful against the run and the Giants ended up being a terrible team that couldn't run the ball. But the thing was the Giants were like they just kept running the ball against the Saints because they're like, the Saints are terrible against the run. We're just going to keep running it and keep running it, and it'll eventually break. And the Saints never did. And besides yeah. Atlanta gashing them, they held up against the run. And at least if you stop the run, it gives you a fighting chance to do other things. Now, the Saints couldn't do other things because their linebackers were terrible, and they had homeless people playing at corner, so they were fucked. But- yeah, the, the more I think about it, Ralph, the more I, I just think this linebacking core is a bunch of unhealthy Scott Shanleys. Oh and, my god! <laughs> but 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 I say that and you, you think it sounds horrible, but like mm-hmm. I, I think I, I actually think like the worst case scenario here is that they've got enough unhealthy Scott Shanleys that some of them will be healthy just by sheer luck, and they'll be in the right position. They'll be smart. They'll know the defense. They'll know what they're supposed to do. And they may not execute it. They may not be awesome players. But you can generally trust that they won't be a calamity. Yeah, and, you'll be, and you, won't, you won't be like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, yeah. So I think from that standpoint, I think from an IQ, from an understanding of the defense, from a, from a pure execution standpoint, um, any shortcomings that come from linebacker will be um, just sheer talent and, and not problems of mental lapses or uh, or experience. Yeah, and I feel like and that's the thing with Dennis Allen. From the moment they high, they moved him into defensive coordinator, I will say I feel like the Saints always kind of have known what they were doing and what they wanted to do. Now the plan didn't always work, and it was still a disaster at times. But I never felt. The Rob Ryan of this is fucking chaos. They don't know what they're doing, and it's Spagnola just, had that too. Yeah, like you're just yeah. waiting for the seventy yard bomb where they look at each other and you're like, I don't, you know, like I never felt that happen with Dennis Allen. But the people that donated for this podcast, that Scott Shanley line, they all just went, 
that was worth my ten dollars that I donated for this extra podcast. <laughs> They're like, yes, I knew it was worth it. So, um, so now the the now we get to the dicey part. We get to the secondary, and and look, I fight with Saints Twitter over PJ Williams because look. I want PJ. Well, Williams. hold on, hold on. Before we even go to corner, because that that is both uh, a hot topic and more um, controversial. Yes. Can we can we agree that safety feels pretty good? I mean, you got you got young guys. You got Bell Vaccaro. You got the rookie Mar- Marcus Williams, who uh, I think will, is going to be exciting if he can get in the weight room and get bigger. And you got Raphael Bush that comes back, um, who is a good good player. He played well last year. Yeah, um, and then you you've also got um, Eric Harris, who you just talked about coming back from injury, who could be okay. So, I think safety feels pretty good. I think Marcus Williams is going to be the best rookie the Saints have. I think I think safety. Wow. I think I think safeties can can pick it up and play and contribute better and faster than corner because I think I think Lattimore's going Lattimore's hamstrings are going to hold up and in and 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 I really believe by mid-season we're going to be like I can't believe we lucked in Lattimore and, and instead of having Mahomes holding the clipboard we have Lattimore making interceptions and being good isn't this phenomenal like I really believe we're going to be doing that in November but at the beginning, Andrew, it's going to be rough. I just think Williams, like Sammy Knight played well. Vaughn Bell played well. Rookie safeties can play well early. And I think mm-hmm. I think we I think we Roman can, Harper. Roman, yeah, Roman Harper. You knock him, I got blocked by the Irish dude on Twitter. But Roman Harper, like, they plugged him in. And Roman Harper from, like, day one, he was exactly what the scouting report said he was. Good in the box safety, has really problems covering but he was like good he, he got injured his rookie year but he was basically that like they plug and played him I think Marcus Williams can be that and I think they want to play three safeties so I think I think it, I think potentially their secondary can be really good and I predicted Vaughn Bell to be the best rookie they had last year that didn't work out because Michael Thomas was just fucking amazing but Vaughn Bell like Vaughn Bell is kind of quiet let's let's talk about him uh mm-hmm. Can, can he? Does he have a big leap to make? Like, what are what are the expectations for him for the Saints? I actually think the pick of Marcus Williams um, it is maybe the most underrated um, benefit to Von Bell. And the reason I say that is I don't think Von Bell was ever going to be Jarris Bird's replacement. And if, if they were like, you're going to come in, you're going to be the high yeah. safety and, and bye-bye Jarris Bird, I, I think Bell would have been miscast, and I don't think he would have ever reached his full potential with the Saints. And it would have made me worried that you know the defensive staff just doesn't get it. And the fact that they draft a guy that really is more of a ball hawk, mm-hmm. playmaking, free safety, tells me they don't have that vision for Von Bell. And don't forget Vaccaro. I, I think Von Bell is way more similar to Vaccaro than, than most Saints fans realize. And the thing is, in this day and age, it's not the free safety and the strong safety anymore. It's these combo safeties. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of they can kind of they're kind of better in the box. They're not good playing high single high safety, but they can cover in the slot a little bit. You know, they can they can mix it up with tight ends physically. Um, you know, they can stuff the run a little bit. And so these hybrid guys, I think Von Bell is, is closer to that, um, than he is 
you know, a Jairus Bird playmaking type safety. And he's more of a Vaccaro type guy. And so it'll be interesting to see next year when Vaccaro, you know, either has a great season and the Saints decide they need to resign him or he has a not great season and they're like, you know what, we're going to let him walk. And we've already got his replacement in Bell. Uh, but this pick of Williams tells me, like, I'm actually excited about the internal recognition of the roster. Uh, that's really encouraging for mm-hmm. me to see that pick because it tells me they understand what Bell does well, and they're they're going to do their best this year to kind of put him in a position and not be a single high safety where he can play to his strengths. And I think it's going to be big for him this year yeah, to perform. And, and that's the thing. Like, I think they have decided, you know, because, listen, Sean Payton is an offensive genius, but I believe that he doesn't understand defense he doesn't know it and he leans on his defensive coordinator to sort of figure it out and do it I think they trust Dennis I I think while the rest of the world is like the Saints defense haha they're still terrible I think in the building they were like yeah Dennis Allen you know what you're you know what you're doing Tell us what you want yeah. for your I defense. Think I, Sean Payton wants to hand over the keys. I, I yeah. think he wants to, to to tell some guy, look, I trust you. You handle this. Let me focus on the offense and make sure that it's great. And you do your thing and just get us the ball back. Yeah. You know, I, 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 Sean Payton wants to be able to say that. The Greg Williams experience and everything that's followed since – I think reasonably makes him really gun shy about that. Yeah, you know, so I think that that's good. Um, now let's get to corner and look. Last year, I mean, look, oh if, boy, if oh Palin, boy, if you lose, if you, I don't give a shit what team you are, dude. You lose your top five at any position, you're fucked. It's just that, and and I don't care. Like you could say New England could have, no, they couldn't. You. New England, if they lost their top five corners or their top five linemen, they'd be screwed, and it, you can't fix it. You can, you can't fix it unless you have something else on that side of the ball that's f- so awesome that they could just cover it. Like if you had a if you had the two thousand Saints, I don't team, I don't even think then, man. Well, the wait, the the two thousand Saints defensive line that had sixty six sacks, you might be able to do it, and even yeah. then, it would be questionable. But now, I mean, I look at corner and look, I fight with Saints Twitter over P.J. Williams. And my thing is with P.J. Williams, he's just never been healthy. I don't think you can really count on him. I, I look at the Saints corners that, that I, I, I'm – bro, Lattimore, Sterling Moore are guys that I think you can look at and say they're going to be there. They're going to be dependable. They're going to be okay. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna poke a hole in that and say that I think Delvin Bro is the most overrated player on the roster. Ooh, explain. Uh, I, I I think he played well two years ago. Uh, he he played well even though he was banged up at times. And and by the way, I think played well is a relative term. Let's not forget he gave up a lot of touchdowns. Yes, he a did. A lot. I mean, he gave up a couple to. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, he gave yep. up a couple to Odell Beckham on the pick plays. Yep. Um, I mean, that's four right there. Um, and, I mean, he, he gave up a lot of touchdowns in, in a year where everyone was saying, I mean, Saints Twitter was ready to proclaim him a top five corner. Yeah. Um, he, he had a lot of penalties. Now, he got better as the year progressed. I, I thought overall he had a good season. Um, but, again, relative term. Last year, breaks his leg. Um, I mean, give him a ton of credit for coming back uh, and trying to play through it. I mean, remarkable. 
And didn't he um, hurt? He didn't play the last four weeks, did he? Because he had a hurt shoulder. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he tried to come back. I think he obviously he came back too soon. I mean, he, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't right. Um, but he tried to play through it and give him credit for that um, because you know I respect that. Um, dude's a baller. Uh, but but I, I just I don't think any of us know what we're going to get from Delvin Bro this year. And to assume he's going to be anything other than a big question mark is naive. Um, you know. I think when he's healthy and he's playing well, which has been rare during his time with the Saints, um, he can be very good. Um, but I, I think even when he's he's been healthy, you know, he's given up touchdowns, he's made mental errors. So I, I don't think Bro is great. I think no. he, again, I'll say it again. I think he is the most overrated player on the Saints roster. It's a great story. Fans love him. I like him a ton. I want him to do well. But when I look at this roster and I look at the cornerbacks and you're, we're talking about how good Bro is going to be and how good P.J. Williams is going to be, the only things and, and how good a rookie is going to be in Marshawn Latimer, the only thing I really know what the Saints have is Sterling Moore. And with Sterling Moore, I know they have a guy that's undersized, that isn't big enough or fast enough to really be an NFL corner. But plays his ass off. But plays his ass off, and, and I we'll, know and what I'm going to get out of that guy. And I and I say this in the most loving way possible. Sterling Moore will shiv a guy to stay in the NFL. Like, yes. like he. Yes. And it's not that he's dirty. He just he knows that I have to play my ass off every single goddamn day because I'm clinging yeah. I'm clinging to life as an NFL player. It doesn't it doesn't matter what sport you're talking about. Like I play tennis and I play on a tennis team here in Virginia and um there there's guys that I play with that don't have the best technique and aren't the best like players in terms of just you know pure strokes, but you just know they're scrappy. They're, they're in every sport, in soccer, yeah. you know, you got guys who they're not the biggest, they're not the fastest, but they're just scrappy as hell. Yeah. And, and and Sterling Moore is one of those guys. He's one of those sports guys. I mean, it doesn't matter what the sport is. They're not awesome. They're just scrappy. And and you need guys like that on your team. And I'm glad he's on the Saints. Super pumped that he's back. And and again, I, I, this is a positive. Like I know what I'm going to get out of him. So I'm glad he's on the roster. I just don't know that the Saints right now Week one or even the season have anything better than that, and it so, makes me nervous. So what's the, right now? You know, because everybody's healthy. So you've got Bro, PJ Williams, yep, Sterling Moore, Lattimore, and who's number five? Swan or yeah, I mean Swan is in the mix. I mean Ken Crawley had a good year last year. Um, he so brought his knee. He tore up his knee in the end of the year. I don't think it was a like a tear, was it? Yeah. Might have been, but uh, kneecap issue. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I I would put Crawley ahead of Swan. I mean, I, I Swan was so bad in preseason last year, and um, you know, obviously he he was put on IR, but I, I think he's a long shot, honestly, based on how bad he was last year. So. Unless he can kind of rekindle that rookie form. Well, let's say, you know, I, I, I look, put I put Ken Crawley ahead of him. Look, worst case is last year where they just all die. Um, mm-hmm. But but what is, what is, before we... Is that really worst case or is that realistic case, though? I mean, I don't think... Because, because it'd, be, it'd be unrealistic, I think, if, 
it was a bunch of new guys, but this these are the same guys. Yeah. How but can I, you say it's unrealistic that the same thing I will don't, happen? I don't think – well, I just think you won't – To the same guys. Well, I think it's unreal. You won't they're, have, they're all a year older. Yeah, but you won't – like injury positions like never get hit like that. I mean they might lose two or three, but they won't lose five. That's what I'm saying. Like you might lose Swan and you might lose PJ Williams. Uh, and knowing what you know about their injury history, oh. is it is it is it uh, what percentage chance would you give Swan of making it through the preseason? Twenty five percent. What percentage chance would you give PJ Williams of getting through the preseason? Mm, I'd say seventy five. He made it through the preseason last year. I'll give him What about 70. Delvin Bro? Six seventy percent, seventy five percent. Okay, well, uh, I'm just saying, like, you know, with most guys, eighty percent or better. Yeah, you know? I mean that's fair. I mean, I guess I I just think like, when was the last time a team got devastated at in at at the same position back to back years? Like it's just not like it's like I don't think again. It's... I'd feel better if they had new dudes. It's all, the, it's all the same dudes. The one guy they brought in was Lattimore, who has a history of hamstring issues. What do you think is realistic at the corner? I I, I think safety. I think Brandon linebacker said. needs to not be terrible. Defensive line needs to be really solid, and safety needs to be really solid to mitigate the black hole that is going to be cornerback on the New Orleans Saints. And, and I, I think that's the best-case scenario. I, I don't see – you can't expect Lattimore to come in day one and be Dion. Revis. No, no. He, it's, it's not going to happen. Like, I don't even know if he's going to start week one. You know, we, yeah. can't, we can't assume that. He's a rookie. Yeah. And, 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 bro, and, and then we're left with Bro and P.J. Williams and Sterling Moore, like – to, I'm sorry, it's not that exciting, and, and Saints I, fans need to realize. Yeah, that. I think the absolute best case for Saints secondary is by November, where you're about halfway through the year. Lattimore has shown himself to be very, very good, and he has a couple yeah. of interceptions. And teams are like, you know what? We're not throwing at him anymore. We're just gonna pick on other dudes. And we're not gonna, yeah. you know. And it's not necessarily that Lattimore becomes Dion overnight. It's just that teams are like, you know what, Lattimore, we're, we're just not gonna throw at you. We're gonna f- pick at other dudes. And the thing is, the Saints will still give up a ton of yards because they'll still be able to pick on Sterling Moore and they'll pick on PJ Williams or Bro, whoever's not hurt, right? But having a team go away from a corner that the Saints have on their team will be something totally new and it will help them. And I think the- here's 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 what I'll tell you, Ralph. Here's what I think. You asked me what the best case scenario is. I'm going to go back to that question. We've talked about week one, right, and how important week one is, and we've talked about how devastating these zero and three and these zero and four starts Dude, and are. Minnesota's the dump. Bradford is the dump off king. Like he yes, is- yeah. I think the assumption has to be that it's going to take Lattimore five, six weeks to get it. At least. At least. So I think the hope has to be that through the first four weeks of the season, Bro, Moore, Williams are healthy. 
and that they're playing at least decent football, let them get far enough into the season where the light comes on for Lattimore. So yeah. I think if, if if they're so banged up that they're back to Lattimore and Crawley and they, they have to start because yeah. they, they have no one else, um, they're not going to win those first few weeks of the season. And basically Lattimore is going to have these growing pains of learning on the job, which is going to mean guys like Bradford are lighting him up. And if, if they can get through those first four games this year with healthy corners that at least know what they're doing, um, I, I think – if you get Lattimore in a week five, week six, week seven, where he's he's starting to get it and he's starting to play really well, and you're three and two or you're four and two, yeah, um, then that gives you a real I, chance. I think I think best case scenario is for the Saints, and this is this is a realistic scenario for, for Lattimore is he's getting he's getting the Tracy Porter treatment in '08. Where yeah. you remember Denver, he went to Denver and Brandon Marshall, I want to say, caught like 13 balls on him and he just yeah. stuck it out and kept fighting and fighting and fighting. But you know what? Two weeks later, he was picking off the ball against Minnesota in the end zone and you were like, oh, Tracy Porter's kind of getting it. It's, it's looking good. Yeah. And then, of course, Tracy Porter did what he did. He, he got hurt. Uh, but that's what's going to be with Lattimore. Like, he's going to get roasted. People on Twitter are going to hate him. And then against Carolina, he'll have a big pick and they'll win the game. And you'll be like, oh, there it is. That's why they picked him 11. That's why they were high five and in the draft room that they got him. You know, and that's that's best that's best case for him. So as we wrap up this podcast, give me most of it goes right and your best case scenario for the Saints defense in 2017. I think the best case scenario is that someone opposite um, Cameron Jordan emerges. Let's just say, for the sake of this exercise, that it's Okafor, and they come in week one, and you got Rankins and Fairley playing really well. You got Cameron Jordan doing his thing, and this guy on the other side, Alex Okafor, that's that's being disruptive, right? And then all of a sudden, you have you have a healthy linebacking core. You have Robertson, you have LRB, you have Klein. Yeah, they're not the world's greatest linebackers, but they're solid, you know. And they're coming in, they're doing yeah. their thing. And I think it just takes pressure off Delvin Bro, Lattimore, um, and I, I think another big thing is health. You know, I, I just yeah, I don't think this this team you can't predict it, but I just don't think this unit they're still so thin and they're trying to improve. Um, they can't absorb a bunch of injuries. Yeah, um, the, yeah. The one thing for the Saints' best case scenario. On defense, what if it happens? I guarantee you, come November, an overriding argument on Saints Twitter and this podcast will be: they got to resign Okafor. They got to resign Okafor. They got to resign. Like that'll be the big thing. It's sort of like, sort of like Fairly was last year, but even to a bigger extent because the defense will be better and they're winning. And then it'll be like, oh my God, Okafor. We're in the, we're, we're in the middle of November. Okafor has seven and a half sacks. They got to resign him. They can't go backwards. And then people will be like, yeah, but Okafor, he's injured all the time. This might be a one heat, one year wonder. What are you gonna do? Like that's the argument you want to have. Like, and if 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 you're having that argument. The defense will be doing really well. Like, I right, I got a question for you, Ralph. Of all these guys that were injured last year, 
who do you think is the most likely to contribute and help the team? I already know the answer to Saints Twitter. <laughs> Saints Twitter would say PJ Williams. I already know their answer. But between PJ Williams, Stefan Anthony, and Kikaha, which one do you think of those three will? I thought you were going to include re- Okafor, but no. But you're going to yeah, include. The, I'm going to. Yeah. Which I, one I, of those three? Well, hold on. Which one of those three do you think is going to? bounce back to help the defense and which one of those three would you prefer well i think it's prefer you gotta say you gotta say pj williams because they're desperate at corner like you know like even if you gave me pj williams ended up being like just a replacement level corner if you gave me 16 games of him i'd be ecstatic because they need bodies at corner but i think it's gonna be kika because I think the defense, I think the defensive line is going to be really good, and I think Oak Four is going to give you four, five, six sacks. I think Kikaha can give you three, four sacks. So you think he's going to be I, healthy? This I year. think he's going to be relatively healthy, and I think he's going to, I think he's going to give you, he's going to, he's going to make plays. Stephon Anthony, I just, I just don't think, for whatever reason, he's just not a fit, and he, and he's not, you know, he, he, he can't really blitz, he can't really cover. And I think it's Kika. Who do you, who do you think it's going to be? Uh, I I think the most likely is probably. I, I think the most likely is probably PJ Williams, just because I I think from a talent perspective, he he's the one that probably makes the most sense to be good if he can stay healthy. Um, I think Kikaha is coming off of ACL, which is way tougher I think than a concussion where you know I think right now you know Kika is going to be dealing with swelling and all this stuff I think yeah. PJ Williams, PJ Williams is good to go yeah you know and and I think with um Stefan Anthony it's it's an IQ and talent issue which is tougher to overcome so I think PJ Williams is most likely uh, for me I would I would actually pick from a pure entertainment perspective Kikaha just because he was so fun as a rookie, oh, dude, dude's yeah. dude's a gamer. I mean, dude finds the ball. You know, he, he's a he, he's a playmaker. He's he's just one of those guys that you love watch playing football. Yeah, and, and I, think- I was I was crushed when he had the injury last year because he was one of the most exciting players I thought on on that unit. And so if he can come back and kind of give us a taste of what he did. I mean, I, as a, from an entertainment perspective, I would love it. Yeah, and before I, I'm going to give worst case scenario, then you're going to give what you think it'll be, and then we'll get out of here. I think the worst case scenario for the Saints, besides injuries on defense, is the defensive line underperforms. If the defensive line underperforms, I cannot stress to you enough how fucked they are. The defensive line has to be good. If the defensive line is not good, they're fucked. They, the defensive uh, line I mean, has to be so no, 30. No Cam, no Cam Jordan is probably the worst-case scenario. Yeah, but I mean that you can't predict. But I mean the defensive line, they've got to have 30 to 35 sacks between all of them, however you want to slice it up. If the defensive line underperforms, they're screwed. That's the worst case. What do you think is going to happen for this defense? And you, can give me, you can give me a rating. You can give me just a feel of how, where they're going to be ranking-wise, whatever. How do you think yeah. they're going to be? I think the secondary will surprise us. Um, you know, I think the mix of young talent that they have with Williams and Von Bell and Lattimore, um, especially as we get further into the season, mm-hmm. I think they'll surprise us. Um, I, I still think, I mean, don't forget Aaron Glenn. 
I mean, you can't discount the benefit of losing Bill Johnson, Joe Vitt, um, you know, <laughs> and, and just getting younger and, and if anything else different um, with the position coaches. So I think that's going to help. I I think realistically they're going to improve. They're not going to improve by much. So you know, finally they got out of the bottom thirty, uh, you know, thirty, <laughs> thirty-one, thirty-two, and I think what what were they last year? Like twenty-nine, twenty-eight. Yeah. So I think realistically maybe they get up to twenty-three, and, and that's what it'll be this year. I I don't think they're going to be good. Um. I, I think they'll improve to mediocre, and, and it's going to be a, a tough road back to improving. Um, and until they really, really – I, I think the biggest problem with this defense is they still don't have a superstar. Yeah. Um, I think their best player is Cam Jordan. He, he's not an NFL superstar. I know Saints fans you know, like to point to PFF and, and think that, you know, oh, it's grades and everything, but Cam Jordan isn't getting 15 sacks you know, a year and, and he's the best player they have and he's really good. Cam, um, but Cam Jordan, and this might sound like a derogatory thing, but it's really not. His elite skill is availability. Yeah. And, 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 and people, well, do, I, people I would discount say availability that. And, and that he's good at everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no weakness in his game. It's just that he, he's, a, he's a jack of all trades, master of none kind of guy, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, kind of like Pierre Thomas, I think he's like yeah. a Pierre Thomas of the defense, but, yeah. um, I, I would say that, um, you know, in, until they get a guy that forces offenses, the game plan away from someone, yeah. uh, which, you know, they don't have a JJ Watt, they don't have a Khalil Mack. Um, I think it's just going to be an exercise of, of trying to get a bunch of guys that are just solid. Yeah. Um, and the reality is. Until until that happens, they're going to be in the twentieth best defense or worse, um, and I think they've done enough to get a little bit better. Um, but I don't see this as a top fifteen defense. No, it's not top fifteen. The thing is with this with this defense is I, I will say I feel better about this defense than I felt uh, since. Uh, 2014 and 2014 of course we were all wrong about 2014 but I feel good about it. I feel like this defense can absorb some injuries they like like look they couldn't lose Jordan they they can't lose some other people but they can absorb a couple of injuries I feel I feel better about it and I feel like they have some potential guys that Rankins and Bell and like they have guys that if they can come in and contribute and, and the, the guys, the second year guys can get better. I, I feel I'm optimistic about this defense in a way that I haven't been before because I believe in the defensive line. I may be wrong, whatever. I believe in the defensive line and I feel like that gives them a shot. Whatever that, whatever that shot is to be something good, I don't know how good they can be. But the defensive line can be good enough to give them a shot to be decent. That's fair. You know. So everybody, thanks again for donating, and this is your extra podcast for May. Uh, we'll see you later.